Welcome to the RGG EDU podcast, where they talk a little photography and drink a lot of whiskey. Season three of the RGG EDU podcast is brought to you by Smug Mug. Yeah, they got a ridiculous grin and the name is funny, but Smug Mug is serious about photography. If you're ready to upgrade your photo game online, get your ass over to SmugMug.com to see where the pros are scoring, showing, and selling their images. In this episode, we are joined with the one, the only, Lindsay Adler and Rob Grimm. I'm here. Yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> 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 terrible. And also Renee. Renee's back and bluer than ever. And bluer than ever. Bluer than ever. Lindsay. Yeah. So let's talk about you, shall we? My favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's. What are you teaching down here at Photoshop World? What, what's your schedule look like for the week? I'm actually teaching a ton of different things. I've got two classes on posing, and I've got class on lighting, and I've got a class on social media, and I've got a panel, and I've, they keep me nice and busy. Um, but it, it's good because then I don't get bored. I'm not doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And you have a book coming out on posing, right? I held it for the first time in my hands today. Oh, and right on. Super sexy. <laughs> so it's, it's, like, it's like a Yeah, no, it's here. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, I did a book on posing. So it's uh, posing techniques to flatter everyone. And uh, the idea was that back when I first started my portrait business, the books that I read were all skinny young women. Like that's who they used as their, their models, which is fine. Those are real people and you photograph them, but that wasn't the majority of the people I was shooting. And so I wanted to write a book that kind of covered a broad area of all different subjects. So I've got photographing curvy women and I've got couples and I've got um, maternity and boudoir. And so it's the book that I wish existed for me. That's awesome. It takes a while to, to understand that knowledge of how to pose people. What do you think that the, the biggest challenges that people face when they're trying to learn posing? Because it's, it's a big one. Totally. I think the biggest challenge is you think you memorize poses. You think that you memorize poses and then pose people. And then that, that's not at all what it is because you have to understand how your camera sees and you have to understand perspective and you have to understand how lens choice plays in. And you have the to body un- type. And, and like the body type, it's not one size fits all for a pose. So when you break out of that, okay, these are my five poses I'm going to do for everyone because you're going to run through them and realize it doesn't work. But you can take those five poses and tweak them to fix and mm-hmm. fit almost everybody. So that's what I used to do. And I, it's, it's awkward when you try a pose on somebody and you don't understand how posing works. And then you're like, uh, okay, next pose. Cause you didn't know how to fix it. So I feel like that puts an air of, of like almost failure in the air. Cause it's, how would you pose Rob? If you had to shoot Rob, how would you pose him? Oh man, I was going to go real and inappropriate. Not I was going to do, I was going to do, you know, the Burt Reynolds, like, yes. the, yeah, I mean, that's, oh my, can I commission not? that? Can I commission that? I'll get the bear Rob. I think I, I will actually do, do you know, it. Do you know the bear? But I want to drive a Trans Am to and from the photo shoot with, with or without truck nuts on the back of it. Um, let's, let's go without truck nuts. Cause I want to be true to the Smokey and the Bandit movie. And he right. didn't, the truck nuts weren't around then. You don't know that. They could have been. They were not. <laughs> They were not. How do you, what proof do you have? I was alive then, Gary. I, just, I went to the theater to see Smokey and the Bandit live. There were no truck nuts. But you said they weren't around then. They weren't. So you're the authority of truck nuts. Yes, in the I am. The, they were. That's because they were invented in 1993. Really? By a Canadian trucker. Yeah. Named Cletus Hogtie. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't keep myself together anymore. Oh my god! Cletus I, I, I believed you for like three seconds. I, did, I lost it myself. Damn it! I could have carried that out better. Yeah, you kept it going. I was. I'm, I'm nice. I got a pat on the back from Gary. Oh my gosh! See, see, when you mentioned uh, Burt Reynolds, I was thinking of the the scene in Striptease where he's like wearing all the Vaseline and the boxers and like the Vaseline squishing through his toes and his cowboy oh, yeah. boots. Yeah. That's the one. Is that, that how you picture me? I was just like, when you mentioned Burt Reynolds, that is like my most memorable picture of Burt Reynolds. And I was like, I don't know if I'm don't, ready for this. I don't think I've seen that. Striptease? With Demi remember. Moore? Man, I was talking about striptease yesterday. Why? I don't know. Why she got, she looked them? amazing in that movie, though. Oh, but... yeah. She still looks amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She still I would, looks amazing. I'm not going to look that good. Why did he have Vaseline between his toes? Because he was covered in Vaseline. Have you ever tried it? <laughs> it's like a line in the movie it's like the only line from this movie that i remember that he's like talking to demi Moore about how he's like she came, she comes in and he's like smoking a cigar and he's covered in vaseline and like these white awful boxer shorts and he's just like i love the feeling of it squishing between my toes 
and I've never forgotten it. <laughs> so you- there's only that in the scene of Demi Moore, like, like stripping on that chair. The two things that I remember from that movie, I've forgotten everything else. Did he have a big tub of it? Like, was he standing no, in a tray? No, he was just standing in, in the middle of the living room, if I remember correctly. Do you, do you, do you- I don't remember. The, the- I can't forget it. <laughs> All right, we're going to watch it tonight. All right, back to posing, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, With or without Vaseline. Not- if you had to shoot him right now, what would his pose be? Does Not, he admit a pose? I mean, all right, so I'm looking at him right now, and he's got yeah. his hand to his face. And so, actually, this is perfect. What I do a lot for guys is that I try to get them in something they would do naturally and then tweak it to be a good pose instead of necessarily making up all the poses. So the way he is now with the hand on his face is fine. Just the arm, the way he had it, I would have had it back down and turned it in so it's more structured instead of coming towards camera. Um, and that face is perfect. I was thinking nothing <laughs> about that face. So, so what Thank do you mean you. when That's coming towards camera? What happens when limbs come towards camera? So when a limb comes towards camera, it's something called foreshortening. And basically it looks either like it's shorter than it is in reality or it'll look cut off. And typically for subjects, you want to find ways to elongate them, make them look taller, stretch them out. Um, but for the, for the most part, it's usually arms is what people do it most with. But for sitting too, it's like if someone's sitting and their knees are coming towards camera, it makes them look shorter. Um, which it can totally work. It's just you have to make sure you're aware of it. Like, ask yourself, is it working? And I think that's the hard thing about posing is in the beginning, it's figuring out what makes posing bad and good because you have to kind of train your eye. Because I break the rules all the time, but you got to know when you're doing it on purpose. Right. you got to know the rules in order to break them. Yeah, I, I totally believe in that. It's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. I break rules and lighting all the time. But it's in service of the concept, in service of the story, not just because I didn't know what else to do. So I'll throw a rule at you that I think a lot of people think. Don't shoot portraits with a wide angle. What do you think? I shoot portraits with a wide angle often. Damn. I do. All right. And so so why? Okay. So the reason why is because in posing, I'm using perspective. All right. So the general rule is whatever's closest to the camera looks larger and whatever's further looks smaller. So let's say that we're we're going um, boudoir here. And I want the face and the chest to look real big because that's that's what we're going for. Um, if I use a long lens, which what you think for mm-hmm. portraits or something like that, it compresses. It makes the body look short and it, you, it can't bring anything closer to the camera. If you use a wider angle lens, um, a wider angle lens exaggerates distance. So what it means is that same subject in lingerie, they lean closer to camera. When the chest is closer to camera, it looks larger. But because it's a wider angle lens, it makes it even larger. So I can make eyes look bigger or I can push hips away and make them look even smaller. So it's a tool to exaggerate the effects of perspective. So when you need to use the tools of perspective, you use your lens choice and you can exaggerate it or downplay it. What's another rule you break often? What about the rule of thirds? Is that just out the window at Lindsay Adler's studio? Doesn't exist? I mean, for imposing, because sometimes in portraits for the rule of thirds, your pose is the composition. So you don't need to follow that anymore because the idea is to get your eye moving around the subject. And so if you've got a pose that does that, then you don't need to stick them any place in particular. I mean, I still probably have the eyeliner on. What about shoot up the nose? I do that. I do that no. because Renegade. because Renegade. Yeah, but, oh totally in if you look at beauty editorials in beauty editorials when they get real close and it's about the lips I mean, I mean you, you retouch so there's nothing right. up the nose but <laughs> yeah no totally got to clean them out but I wouldn't say that as my go to do that right away I've only started doing that recently and I'm like oh this isn't so bad what about I just looked up a a top nine okay. photographer okay. what about cut off in, cut off the limbs What's your... uh, uh, if you're gonna crop commit like really crop it, it shouldn't look like you kind of just missed their foot or their finger. Uh, symmetry and patterns. Anything? Um, avoid being too symmetrical unless the point of the image is symmetry. Because if you have like both hands on the hips, that's why it looks really posed, like super posy posy, like overdone. So usually I vary symmetry if it's supposed to look more natural. What about leading lines? In is this just this just photography yeah. rules? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is Richard getting some, away at this. Yeah. Like, oh my All god. Right, someone else help me out of here. Where's some more rules, Rob? <laughs> I don't drown it over here. Listen, I hate rules. I gave them up a long, long time ago. So why would you want to look You're up such a rebel. rules? And you got any rules for her that she might break or not, Renee? You guys are pretty well hitting them, I think. You know, like broad like flat lighting. 
you know, do you ever flat light a face? Well, of course we all do. But right. you know, lots totally. of places, lots of times they're like, don't, you know, flat light faces. You're like, but uh, it works. Well, and so <laughs> sometimes related, related to this though. So when I, you'll, I know you'll appreciate this. So one of the first workshops I ever took, I was like 16 something. And I was, you know, I, so it was a gift from my mom. We're going to go take a workshop together. And my mom was a hobbyist photographer. And so we go to this workshop and the guy was teaching posing and he kept talking about to pose the woman in submissive poses. Whoa. Yeah. That's word fun. choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's these rules that I learned and he was always explaining. And, and the whole time as a 16 year old, I'm, I'm like, I'm twitching. Like That's I just wrong. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what you're thinking as a 16 year old young woman. Like, what is this? Was this Terry about? Richardson? Were you? No, that would no. be a really intense 16 year old <laughs> workshop. <laughs> 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 Yeah. I do not wow. know where that very, very liberal mother. <laughs> yeah. wow. um, but so, that, so I learned those types of rules. Like, oh, you know, you always shoot from above and, and have the head down. But I did a maternity shoot th- this last week where she's posed on top of a pedestal I and she's got that. her arm up and it's breaking it? every rule. But that was part of me saying, like, you know, screw that to the have to be soft. And so, ugh, so how did that shoot come about? Because that is, I would say, pretty risque. Yeah, so she's a she's a model friend of mine. I've shot her yeah. a ton of times before, and I saw she was pregnant. And I I get bored by typical maternity yeah. shots, and she's a muse for me. I've shot her several times, and every time it excites me. She has the most endlessly long legs in the whole world. She's got dark, beautiful skin, shaved head. Like yeah. she's just like for me. I like people that are deathly pale. So yeah, you look great. You look <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love huge Renee curly Robin hair. Okay, great, great. Bounce card. <laughs> hey. Renee makes a great bounce card. I do make a fantastic yeah. bounce card. Wow. <laughs> I have actually used my arms before when I'm when I'm shooting like small product. If I don't have oh, a reflector, totally. I use my hands. I, I I'm usually the the bunt of uh, the the whitest person in the room jokes because I'm so pale. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. this is. Super special. Yeah, because usually I am, but yeah. she, I think she is. Oh, Renee's got you beat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Renee's bit, yeah. Got you and beat. we got a redhead on the couch. Like, <laughs> Man, The redhead's like... winning, I think. But yeah. they win by default. I mean, they don't even have souls. So. No. Oh. 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 First don't have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have red hair? You do, too, have red hair. Does he not have red hair? It's Auburn. No, it's Auburn. It's, I said too red. He's got the freckles. Strawberry so blonde. Kind of go with the red head, but he does. It's like a wannabe red. He's way darker yeah. than all you guys. Honestly, he's got point five soul. Point. Oh, <laughs> oh, back to all right, back to things become very very difficult. So terrible. Today. Things really escalated quickly. Yeah. This, this episode. He, he made sure he shouted to defend himself. <laughs> I just know how mics work. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sound guy. Makes us all sound good, and he's just gonna screw with everything later. So back to posing. Yes. Yeah. How long did it take for you to like be like, all right, I got it. Like, no matter what the situation was or is, you know how to pose someone. Okay. So confession, not that long ago, I would say. So I've been shooting 16 years, like with a business, um, and I would say I've got it down. Really, only like the last four years, like down mastered. But here's why. Um, the reason I mastered it in the last four years is because I had to teach it. And when I had to teach it, I had to break it down and, analyze it. and really figure out what I was doing. So it's not that I couldn't pose people before, but I didn't walk into any situation. Like now I walk into a situation and posing is not even in the forefront of my mind. Like I know that I'm going to be able to get something good out of everyone. Whereas four years ago, I'd maybe brushing up beforehand and be a little bit nervous. Like, okay, what pose am I going to do? So that's why I love teaching. Like I know my lighting so much better because of teaching and posing so much better because of teaching. So, and you've been teaching a lot, maybe yeah. the most, maybe the most, maybe the most. <laughs> like you might the have most. the most amount of teaching <laughs> like ever. There's a lot you've done in so many classes. Yeah. Is there anything you love teaching, or is there anything you're like, I, I'm done teaching that? I love teaching. Well, right now I love teaching posing. We'll see. You know, ask me in like a year <laughs> and a half. No, it's fine. Um, I on the calendar. like trying to teach people to shoot in in service of a greater concept. Like that's like what now, like that's my goal is eventually to build up the knowledge of posing, the knowledge of lighting, uh, the knowledge of camera study, like whatever. And then understand that those are all to service a concept and style and that none of it matters unless there is that. So I'm trying to build everyone up to that point and say, okay, now with all that information, here's what you do with it. 
figure out what you want to say, figure out what your vision is, what your style is, and then use all of that to support that. So that's something I like teaching, but then got to build everyone up that point. So in terms of learning the business side of it, I mm-hmm. also feel like you're really good at that. Where did, where does that come from? What, <laughs> what I was going to say is not PC, so I'll keep it. <laughs> no, this, no, this is a mature audience's, you know. Um, so I think where it came from is that I found photography when I was 15. I knew that was what I wanted to do for a living. And so every photographer I talked to was lamenting the business. They weren't lamenting anything like, oh, I love photography. They're always complaining about the business. So I started reading about or studying or taking workshops on business from when I was a teenager. So I think so that's So as a teenager, you're interested in business. Yeah, that's, you're taking that's workshops rare. and classes. That's, I think it's rare for people to know at that that's age really what they want to do. Uh, you were dead set on it. Yeah. Well, and this is why, this is one of the reasons I like to teach is because I realize not everybody has 15 years to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I try to make it be a little bit faster and help them express their passion a little bit more quickly. But um, I love business. I love, I find that to be just like creative problem solving in photography, you're creative problem solving, but just in a different realm. Like, right. and, and, and the rewards are great. You make money when you do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love business. So you decided so early that you wanted to be a photographer. Did you ever have doubts? Were there times where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this? Or was it just full steam ahead from day one? Okay. So there's twofold of that. Uh, I'd say the first part was that it was full steam ahead, more or less. And I think I, I'm blessed for being naive because I never realized how bad I was in the beginning. Like I think it's a good thing that at that point I didn't really know what to compare myself with. So just if each of my photos got better, then I felt like I was progressing. And, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people comparing themselves nowadays. Um it, it can feel helpless, especially when you're comparing yourself to every successful person that exists in photography. So I, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but the one time that was really, really shitty, um, was I already had my degree in photography, went to Syracuse university. I'd already been shooting like six, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, and I had a meeting with an art director in London, um, art director at a magazine and he was actually everything editor in chief, photo editor, art director, and um, so I had the meeting with him and he flipped through my whole portfolio and he flipped through the whole thing. And then he gets to the end of it and he closes it and he passes it back to me and he looks at me and he kind of shakes his head and goes, I would start again. <sighs> and I was like, oh, you want to look at it again? And he just like, <laughs> he was like oh, how sweet. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, and he basically said, you can light okay and you can pose okay. Like, but who cares? There's no, there's no style. There's no vision. So he's like, the second you leave my, my office, I'm going to forget you. So, Ooh. yeah, start again. And so that was. Do you was, think he did that with the tension of you remembering that? It's like such a dick moment. Okay. So uh, I at first just thought he was mean. And then later on, I'm like, okay, well, you know, what? I did need to hear it. It made me a better photographer, undoubtedly. And so I guess I try to do what he did for people, but nicer. You know what mm. I mean? I, I try to do that in a, a more inspirational way than a soul crushing way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but years later we sent him a message and I, because I teach, I wanted to maybe get his feedback on what my work look like now, maybe say something about it. If he remembered me, show him some of the old work, like just get something from his perspective. And he responded to the email with like one sentence. I don't care. So some people are, are just kidding? dicks. Yeah, no, I swear. Yeah. So some people are just terrible. And so that that's the point of, of like critique is you got to ask people you respect. And then some people are just out there to be soul crushers or some people just, so you got to know where you're getting your critique from. Yeah, I, I did run into that. There was a guy in Chicago I showed my book to early on and he just was ridiculously brutal, overly so. There's just n- no point to it. Um, but you got to take that with a grain of salt because not everybody likes your work. But I can't believe that guy kept writing that. Like, I don't care. Well, that was his one response. But that's also, unbelievable. But you go to the other side of it and people think that the critique that they get on social media is appropriate. And, and valuable. And the problem is you're going to get a ton of people that just tell you how great you are. And that mm. doesn't have as much value. I mean, great. You pat yourself on the back, but if everyone's just like, these are beautiful, wonderful shot, great shot, beautiful lighting. There's no knowledge of room for improvement. So how do you separate all the voices? How do you get rid of all the voices and be critical of your own work and look at it and say, okay, here's where I'm succeeding. Medication. Here's where I'm medication. <laughs> <laughs> here's where I need to get better. <laughs> uh, I, 
ask people I respect, for sure. Yeah. So I ask other photographers that I actually respect their work. Um, and I actually just ask other people in the field, like even non-photographers, but like makeup artists who I know that are at a high level in fashion mm -hmm. photography or in beauty photography, because they're looking at different things that I might be missing. And, and editors of magazines, that they're not photographers, but they're looking at certain things. Um, but like I ask Chris all the time. Yeah. Because I, Chris Knight. As <laughs> and how how is how is he giving feedback he's good because we both want to be nice to each other but we want to help each other so it's a very i think it's like when uh, he sent me the first like the first chapter uh of his book to to preview and i said okay do you want nice or do you want do you want it to be what, whatever i can do Honest. to make it better right. and it was i was very thorough and i w i waited for the response like terrified, I'm like, oh god, he's gonna be so mad. Did you and lay him out? No, I mean, he, well, not. I mean, he's a brilliant writer, but yeah. I was explaining like what I was seeing, right. and he loved it. Like he was like, this is this is exactly what I needed. And then going forward, I didn't need like I looked at other things, and it was right on the right path. So that's the same thing. Is I'll start showing my work, and uh, I showed him a beauty shot yesterday. It was like yesterday, and he goes, <laughs> the email reads, "Do you want me to nitpick?" nitpick okay i'll nitpick and then just boom like a list of like 20 things wrong with the the retouch and i was like thank you perfect and i you know i sent it on to um i was having a retoucher do it and i wasn't seeing these things and i sent it on and out of the 20 i sent on like 15 it's not like i like said everything he said is yeah i agree with but i looked at him like oh, i would never have noticed that i got um, a question for all three of you what advice do you have for giving advice online <laughs> Start with you, Rob. Online? For yeah. giving advice online? Because I think there's a very, I think most people do it incorrectly and it's not helpful, both in a good way and a bad way. Yeah, but I have one thing I have to start with unsolicited critique. People, that's if you don't ask yep. for it. Okay, that's one. That's Lindsay's. I hate it. Right. Renee? Okay. You next. I'm not even sure how to answer that because I don't really give a lot of advice online. I mean, what? No, you're giving advice giving to other advice people to other about people. giving advice. Meta. Oh, so you mean like the unsolicited stuff? It could be unsolicited. Um, my all right. So, if, for example, my advice to people giving advice would be: if you're going to say something positive, be specific. So don't just say this is a great shot. I think that's detrimental because you don't know what is great about that shot. So be if you're going to be positive, be specific. Same thing with being negative. If you're going to be negative. I be think, specific. I think if you really want to give great advice online. I think it's best done in a private format. I don't think it's best done in a comment section. Great point. I think, I think the comment section is awesome for, hey, high five, I love this shot. I think critiques are best done in private because they're not for the entire world. They're for the artist. So if you have something really great to say or really awful to say, at least send it in a private message. So what, what, what happens when someone's asking? Like they, uh, CC please, like CC yeah. here. So then it's like most people probably don't want that many private messages. So... I think when people are asking, I think you can That's legitimately fine. give them uh, any kind of critique. I, I think that it's, it is important, though, one, to just be courteous. There's no reason to just rip someone. If you don't no, like their work, you can, you can tell them in a, in a polite and kind way. I do think a lot of people that give critique, advice, unsolicited, um, I think they're doing it just to, to – to, try to make themselves look like they have authority or they have wisdom when they actually don't. Um, so I, th I think one of the things I would say about giving advice to people who give advice is people might not care what you have to say at all. Because uh, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I don't think that you can listen to all the voices out there because there are too many in social media. There's just way too many voices. You can listen to them. You can look at it. But at the end of the day, it's your work. You have to assess what works for you and what pieces of what people have to say you're going to take to make your work better. But yeah. you got to stay true to your own voice. Well, so I posted a photo I don't know, last week or something where I showed the same photo and then I color graded it. I toned it in four different ways. And I genuinely like I this photo, it was a shot for the model. It wasn't anything that was particularly um, creatively close to me. So I, I wanted people's feedback. I'm like, hey, which one do you like best? And what I found is fascinating is that there were like something like 400 comments. And there wasn't, there was only kind of a consensus, but not really. Like, like everyone somebody liked. And so the whole point of it is, is in the end, it's about what is appealing to you and what right. you were trying to say with the image. Um, you know, there was one direction they leaned, but that direction, if that wasn't the point of the photo, then yeah. So don't. 
you know, don't ask for critique also or for feedback unless you actually want it. That's another. I kind of want to. I kind of want to know what compels people to give unsolicited. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, why? Why are you so doing that in many. the first place? Oh man, the what trolls. Is, so what is it in the, you that's making you do that? I think there's that? there's two kinds of people that do that. One are the trolls that just like starting. Which I can respect to some degree. You <laughs> are. Renee's, no. yeah. Renee's, Renee's like, Gary's the biggest troll. <laughs> so is Renee. I'm not a troll online in comment section. I only troll the people that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that is that, amazing. I respect that too. Right. And then the other one is, you know, they're just, they don't know what the f- I'm talking about. They want to have some sort of authority. Right. They're looking for authority they don't have. Yeah. So with, like, with people giving feedback, like this is this is another one. Um, as educators, okay. Mm-hmm. The other th- thing, okay. How do I word this? Um, <laughs> people ask me for critique often, and I provide it. And I also educate, and I establish myself as an authority. But I also know there's always room for disagreement in a lot of things. So I think also, people offer critique to challenge to challenge us as educators. Like I get that once in a while. They'll say, well, I don't like this hand, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I didn't ask you if you like the hand, you know, it's like, and, and the thing is, it's not that I can't take critique. It's just, it's twofold. One that's, I was just sharing it and okay. But the other part is for my business. I say fashion photographer, as a beauty photographer, as a portrait photographer, when I post a portrait client and then someone's critiquing the photo and that client sees all these comments, people don't realize, yeah, that's maybe not nice for my business. Like if it's, if it's something that I'm putting out there educationally, I get it. But if this was a maternity session or an album cover that I did for an actual client and you're saying something you don't like, all of a sudden the, um, the head of that, al- that um, music industry, that, that uh, company can read it and then go, oh yeah, I don't like that either. We yeah. should change that. Like it's potentially detrimental to me have you ever had that happen where it's been an issue with a client where they've called and said oh this this was uncool no but i've had people um where i've done portraits or or model shoots complain about the models being too skinny um and and genuinely like that's their body type and i'm like you know what i don't i don't shame on anybody i photograph curvy women i photograph slender women but then to be like tell her to eat a hamburger i'm like well what she's reading this what like that's what her body type is what are you achieving i had a photo once posted online and somebody uh heavier set had commented on a, on a picture of me is from a from a music video shoot that we were doing and uh i was in a latex dress and i was like i look good like i am in great shape in this and, I, and she she comments and she's like oh my god please eat a cheeseburger and i looked at her profile and i was like you eat a fucking salad <laughs> oh my god because i was like Burn. i was like how like why would you say that i was like that's what that feels like it was like every now and then i think there's time to be like to cl- have class and be like okay i'm just going to ignore that and then every now and then i'm just like i am not getting bullied online like you have this is not okay to make this kind of a comment and just like slap back yeah. i don't know i don't know how you feel about that but like because most of the time i don't like to to engage them right and it, it is like a cross shaming thing which i mean of course i would never say and mean it because genuinely i have no ill will against her but like the comment was so like what are you trying to get out that and it's the same thing when they comment on all of these skinny models and they're like oh you know what's wrong with them and it's like well some people are just slender and some people are just not and some people different body types you know just Simple. because they're slender doesn't mean they're looking after themselves and just because like like there's so it's so complicated like why are we still doing this yeah um, I will say for the most part, okay, so in the bigger picture thing, I'm so lucky and I really have hardly any people that troll me, like, like almost, almost none. And I think I'll take a tiny bit of credit in that I try to put out all positive vibes and not, not meaning like, you know, like rainbows and butterflies and whatever, but I, I don't put out things that are constantly complaining or, or um, venting about things or negative in, in any sort. Um, but for the most part, if I do have someone cause a problem, um, I ignore it. But it takes training. The, the worst is when what they say is a little true and you know it. That is the worst. <laughs> and you realize yeah, it right then when you read it? Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, 
oh, like it kills. I've yeah. had that happen maybe twice where they're, they're being trolls, they're being mean, but I, there's a little green of truth and I know they're a little right and it's the worst. See, for me, I actually don't mind it. When something, when there's actually some truth to what they're saying, then I'm like, all right, that's cool. You know, like you're kind of on point, like whether, you know, whether I want to be pointed out on like, oh yeah, your depth of field is totally off on your clouds versus the sky, which is a true, I did a composite once. And I was just tired. I wasn't paying attention. And my, my depth of field wasn't correct on this guy that I was swapping for the image itself. And, I, and like, this troll just savagely tore oh, me no. apart in the comments. And I was like, oh. And, and then I just thought about it. And I was like, yeah. I can't even. I, like, didn't even get mad. I was like, I totally should have caught that. You know? So I, I don't know. I guess I have an opposite opinion on that. If they're right, then I'm like, I'll, I'll take it. But if it's completely baseless, then I, I get frustrated. Well, I would say when it's completely base, baseless, I just shrug it off when they're right i'm not mad at them i'm mad at myself i'm like oh That's crap true. how did i not catch that your career has moved at a pretty fast pace so you you kind of knew as a as a teenage girl that you were going to be a photographer mm -hmm. has it exceeded what you dreamed it could be has it, it yeah. like what would you say to the 16 year old Lindsay if you if you could go back and say like you know what's going to happen to you or what would you tell yourself well this okay this so this is adorable my mother um yeah. is so my mom works for me. Yeah, I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, she's the best. Um, and so she's been cleaning out, you know, old paperwork of mine. And, and so she found an article I wrote, and I, I guess I was 15 or 16, that was a message to my older self. Um, and it was supposed to be almost like I wrote my biography. And so my biography oh, was written. And so it basically says sometime in my late 30s or early 40s, um, I was a photographer shooting for National Geographic. And it's so cute because it's like all written up, but it's in like my 14, 15 year old voice. Um, so when I started, I didn't know where it would take me. I just knew that it was, for me, photography has been the one consistent thing in my life as I've grown. My personality has changed. My self-worth has changed. The, the you know, guys have changed. Uh, the way I see the world, like everything's changed mm -hmm. and photography has been the consistent. Um, and so I think advice or looking back to tell myself it would, it would be less advice on photography and it'd be more just life advice because the photography thing grew with me. So if I grew faster as a human, I, and it's an individual, I think the photography would have grown even faster. That's interesting. Joel Grimes was here earlier today and he said he was partnered with you like seven or eight years ago somewhere. Mm -hmm. and he couldn't really remember and he goes, yeah, I'm the reason she blew up. <laughs> terrible. He's so evil. <laughs> oh, he's adorable. And I remember where, so tell him. Oh, well, I was going to tease him and be like, listen. Where was you it? can no. tease him right now. Where was it? Because I was he like, did, how's he the old remember. age going there, Joel? Okay, forget <laughs> where we met. All right. Uh, we were in Tucson. It was an event called After Dark. Oh, or I don't, Actually, no, sorry. Cincinnati is where the event was. It was After Dark. The first one he went to, I think, was Tucson, but we did... Cincinnati after dark together nice. just at the Marriott just over the river okay at the Take Marriott that. just over the river yeah she knows what room were, were you in you remember oh, the room the number conference room no oh. what let's see how deep that goes so how much are you on the road how many days a year are you traveling oh man okay so I did real good that my summer I'm not on the road hmm. but the beginning of this year I would say so right now it's um what mid what is it mid-april what are we at mm -hmm. april okay. 19th okay mid-april um i've slept in my own bed i've been home in new york probably 30 30 days 35 days sounds like, like you renee robin yeah uh well i've only i've been home less than that this year so far yeah, but yeah it's just huh. you, you have to you just gotta hustle that's like i totally respect that about what you've got going on it's just you're always everywhere. It's so cool. But it like, but relieves this. So I also took vacations. Like, it's not like it was all right. work. Like, I, I went on some pretty epic vacations. So let's hear about it. That's good. Yeah, Where'd you go? Let's, let's go. Uh, I did Cairo, See, Egypt. Home of the Sasquatch. <laughs> no. It's not? No. no, that's North Dakota. Oh. No, oh, no, no. Sorry. That's BC. Is it BC? BC is the Sasquatch. I thought country. North Dakota was home of the big wheels. Could be. I'm good. I don't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're a bunch of lunatics. Yeah. It <laughs> makes you endearing. They're real good. They're real good. 
Um, I went to Cairo for four days and that was wonderful and inspirational. And if you look at my little known fact, if you see my childhood uh, bedroom, when I was in fourth grade, my parents said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to remodel your bedroom. You can look like whatever you like, but you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. <laughs> no so, pressure. So yeah. I, well, it's fourth grade, you don't care. You're like, whatever. Right. So I, my fourth grade bedroom is still the bedroom at my parents' house today. It looks exactly the same. Um, and I designed it like an Egyptian tomb. And it is the same well, thing. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so where, was, your bed, was your bed like a mummy, mummified thing? No. Kind of so it wasn't as cool as I made it sound. Oh. I have I have Egyptian, you know, borders around the ceiling and then big pieces of papyrus everywhere and little statues and like so i yeah so funny so we're renovating our house and my daughter is in fourth grade right now and she's getting the opportunity to like to pick out stuff yeah so she wants one wall all posters and it's mainly gonna be adele and one direction J- like, no jb's no jb's uh, oh, no 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 she knows oh. everything about everybody in one direction it's really funny no Egyptian pharaohs. I think that's such a. I so funny. As, I was as a weird. Fourth, I yeah, I love it. What a crazy thought. But then I never went to Egypt until now. now, you, now so. you have. So, so did you, you live up to it? Did you do the photo of you with the? Okay, but here, the, here's did. the thing. Yes or no? The answer yes is yes. No. yes. But <laughs> I didn't want to. It was we had the little tour guide guy, and he was like, "Do it, do it, do it," and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm not going to show anyone that." Oh my god, so embarrassing. <laughs> It's terrible, but you know, what's, an awesome what's a funny photo is when you see tour groups of dozens of people all doing it lined up. Yeah, if Chris was there, he would have taken a picture of people. He does. Taking he, a picture. he totally would. Yeah, he totally would. That's that's what he does on like all the vacations. He's looking at tourists being ridiculous. <laughs> so did seeing Egypt face to face kind of change everything for you? It was surprisingly very similar to what I thought. It was Hot. it was amazing. No, it was there. It was no? actually kind of cool when I was oh. there. It was great. Um, it was hot. I just. I knew that the city went right up to the pyramids, but I it's when you actually see it that like the houses stop like a block away. Really? They're that close? They're that close. I thought they were in the middle of the desert. Yeah, nope. I thought they were kind of out there. I no, didn't... on one side of it, it goes desert, but oh. the city built right up to them. And I, I had seen this in pictures, but that was like, oh, man. How uh, cool would that be? Is it So it's residential? Yeah. Well, so the, our tour guide, it was really funny. It was really sweet. He decided to take us to his home after the tour, which it's Sounds potentially yeah, scary, but weird. he yeah. seemed fine. Yeah. So he took us to something. His his daughter made us some kind of fantastic dessert pastry thing, and but we ate on his balcony. His balcony overlooked the pyramids, and so it's just like normal. Like they just, it's wow. just totally normal. That's crazy. So that yeah. is insane. I'm surprised they were allowed to build that close to the pyramids. You would think that they would want I don't to protect know them. How with their such regulation a is? I really yeah, loose. Didn't seem so. Didn't seem so regulated. Yeah. I was curious how much history was just bulldozed. Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're yeah, there's gotta be something under those houses, right? Well, also Maybe. when you're when you're in like Athens, right? Like they they say any place they dig, they found find ruins, like anywhere. So they when they build a subway, every place they're digging, they're just saying, okay, well we're just displacing this, right? Yeah, that's heartbreaking in some ways. I mean, it has to happen, but wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm more heart. Uh, I'm pers- well, we're not we're not going political at all. But I'm saying, like, I'm more heartbroken about, like, Damascus and all the, the oh. world heritage sites and things in, in Syria that are just, you see the before-after yeah. pictures, and it's gone. Yeah. It's gone yeah, forever. Destroyed. Did you see that, the drone video going through one of the Syrian old cities? That's like, an amazing, just, yeah. just no, I didn't. heartbreaking video. Oh, my God. Dude, just yeah. search, but it's destroyed? Yeah, and oh. forever. And it's just like, <laughs> right. man, the, the video is insane. And that's why photography, I think, is so important. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons for sure is that we finally have at least some record of that. Yeah, no, it's like, I love looking at, at things old and new, but just to see stuff like that, I totally agree with you. It's heartbreaking. I remember when I saw the first before after pictures and I'm like, I, I will never see it. It's gone. You know, here's a, here's a thought because photography is a great preservation tool, right? You think about the, how powerful it is to take a photograph of something that could very soon disappear completely. Um, and photography is so new in the history of the world, right? It's really Let's give it a couple hundred years, even though that's a stretch. Um, so much of the images that we are making now aren't real. So in the future, what do you think people will perceive of the imagery that we're making? Some of it's preservation. Some of it is purely, it's so enhanced. I mean, if I could touch on that, I think yeah, a little bit, it's, it's, it's like how we, how we look at paintings. I mean, there's so many paintings historical that are completely fictional, but yet they're a representation of the psychology of the time and the things that are valuable to that culture. 
at the time. So, you know, as, as much as it may not represent reality visually as on the conceptual stage, it does, it does speak quite loudly. And I think that is just as important. Good answer, Renee Robin. I, thank you. And I also think as with art and painting, when you have different movements or different styles, we know what documentary photography is. And so I think that will still serve that role and we will sure. we'll know the role that it, it played and in, in not being heavily manipulated. But of course there are those kind of in between. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what are the trends you think we'll look back on 20 years from now and be like, Oh my God, why were we doing that? We already have H like the, the bad HDR, but that's yeah. our, that's not 20 years. That's now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you think now is, is there, I'm excited there for the death of the selfie. Why would, you why think would it'll that die? Go away? Oh man, I can't imagine. Vanity's not going to go away. I think. I think Vanity's the selfie. I think the selfie will change. I think the selfie will I change. Agree selfie's going to get better. No, I agree with Renee. I think that it, that it has become such a fad. Like, so if people really didn't do selfies. Like this is this is a new phenomenon. And I think it's a new it, phenomenon because the technology didn't exist. I yeah, think right. it'll but evolve. I think it'll, I think yeah, it'll it's gonna, down. It's going to evolve and get better. But I think, okay, so this is, this is we're going way futuristic. Okay. I think way in the future, you'll be able to self-light yourself as you walk around. They, they make the phone cases. Right, they remember, do. Remember the model yeah, the used? little. Yep. But I think like in the future, so you can like, you could light yourself to either do what flatters like as you walk around or it'll reflect yeah. your mood. It'll be like your own lily, but with a light instead of a camera. Intelligent exactly. lighting that... Lights exactly. in the best possible How in the way. hell is that going to happen? Right, it's so going to happen. Things we're are going to crash. Have, it'll be lights. New York, Manhattan. These little lilies are just smashing into each other everywhere. That'd be great. <laughs> Chaos. Maybe we should invent that. Intelligent lighting for selfies. Or no, just for your everyday, like nonstop. You'll always look hotter when you have good light on you. Yeah. Just walking I around. I think before that'll happen, we'll have robots that are going to, we'll be in some stasis bed with like our brain in a jar and we'll have like these sexy robots walking around. What if we are? <laughs> That's what she's saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Could be. This is all an illusion. Have you guys read the game? No. Oh, it's a, we did yeah. this like in psychology where, yeah, like you don't ever, your senses are just interpretations. So what are you actually sensing? Exactly. It's the matrix. Doesn't Elon Musk think we're all just part of a computer program? Yeah. Yeah. He did come up with that theories. theory. His mom's yeah. a, his mom's a model. She is? Like, like an old lady model. This is gorgeous. She's Mrs. beautiful. Is an old lady She's model. Stunning. No, she is. She's I know, it's just a funny title. Oh. Well, it's not really the model. title. It would be Mature Model. Yeah, yeah. But she's gorgeous. I'm looking her up right now. All right. <laughs> I better not. Her name's May. I better not. <laughs> May Musk? Yeah. May Musk. May Musk. Not right. man musk, but may musk. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was, I don't feel about, bad about anything I said right now. It's about to comment on your man musk. Oh, it's you. been a long day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. What's the last thing that you've kind of innovated in photography where like you're like, wow, all right, that's kind of unique to me. Has there been oh, anything? Jeez, no. Nothing. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if anything's new and completely innovated. It's building on other things. So to, to call it my own, maybe I've built on things, but... And it's funny, some of my favorite work is clearly built on things from the past, just with a little bit of my own twist to it. So who are your biggest influences? Um, I have many photographers that I love. Um, Salve Sunsbo, which I'm probably saying totally wrong, but he's one of my favorites of all time. Christian Schuler. Oh, yeah, um, love him. He's insane. And also yeah. his wife does the styling. I like, <laughs> I'll, I'll text back and forth with some of my friends and I'll send a photo and I'm like, oh, stupid good. I'm like, yeah, it makes me mad. Like, <laughs> like those are our back and like, forth. Like, why didn't I think of that? Just, oh, man. Um, and um, then if you go more traditional, like Albert Watson and um, Lillian Bassman is, love mm -hmm. her work. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a list of like 20, but I think having photo heroes is good if you don't take it too far because uh, partially in your mind when you do the us oh, you know angry it's stupid this person's so wonderful um you know you put up barriers to yourself i think a lot of times because you're like oh god i'll never be that good like and i like i'll still feel that way but try not to focus on it so break down all the barriers what mark do you want to leave in the business i i think in general my mark would be okay twofold. Part of it is just emotional in the sense that um, I want more people to be able to do what they love more simply without BS in the way, um, without ego in the way, without um, made up fantasies of how wonderful things are, but also without people making it sound too difficult. I just want, I want 
reality so more people live a life like I get to. Like it's I love my life. I there's hardly anything I would change. And so I want that for more people. Um the part of it photographically, um, I like the idea of experimenting but still having a vision. And I know that's not unique to me, but I like that I can try several different genres and several different types, but ideally it still looks like my photos. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's kind of what I find is the biggest challenge. Because it's one thing to shoot the same thing over and over again and have it look like you, but to try a bunch of different things. The 15-year-old Lindsay wrote a letter to the older yeah. Lindsay saying you're yeah. going to be a Nat Geo photographer. Yeah. So what will now the 30-year-old something Lindsay say to the 50-year-old photographer? <laughs> oh, geez. Um, oh, man. Um, oh, that's brutal. That's fun. <laughs> I'm not here to be nice. No, Just... <laughs> I, we, I know this Just about kidding. you. I know. Like, this is no question. Um, I, you know, I think someone asked me recently, uh, what do you wake up for in the morning? Like, what is it that gets you up? And it's pancakes. Short... Yeah. Or French toast. Or, yeah. Uh, I love both. Um, but I would say that right now it's that I'm, I'm happy, like, like solidly feeling good, happy. And so I think to my 50 year old self, I would outline the things right now in my life that make me so happy, make me feel fulfilled, uh, make me feel energized, even when I'm constantly going, constantly traveling. And I think I would remind that 50-year-old self if I've moved away from any of those things to try to get back to them. Solid. What would you good. Be, I like it. What would you be doing if you weren't a photographer? Uh, I, I like things that are creative with a commercial purpose. Like that's the, like I love the problem solving. And so that's like the nerd part of me. So it might be like... One of the things I thought would be cool, even though I've never done interior design whatsoever, I'm, I'm thinking like flipping commercial spaces, like envisioning how a space could be transformed into something creative. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like those kind of creative, but commercial endeavors, it would never be anything purely creative, like just, it would always be a business, business part to it. Component. That's always. what Rob loves doing. That is. But I've never done anything like it. I just think like that kind of something, I don't know what that is or, or taking people's businesses and helping to reinvent them in creative ways. Like it's creative problem solving. I have to make stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I had a furniture design company for a while. Space just makes sense to me. I could easily do something like that, but it has to be about creating and yeah, be in business at the same time. He gets antsy and he'll just start building shit. I Are do. you going to help me when what? I have my house? I would love to. I, <laughs> I have a problem when it comes Please to Please like, take him. Oh my God. Please take you him. don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. How about the, the wall you did for Chris, that gorgeous wall? Can you just make my house into stuff like uh, that? Sure. Oh my God. Bring gosh. it to New York for a few days. I'll, I'll paint, I'll paint your walls like that. Okay. I already said I'm photographing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? I'm gonna, I'll get the rug. We need a fireplace. This is easy. <laughs> and then oh we're going to print what it. We're going to print it eight foot wide. Yeah. New oh, cover photo. Six foot canvas. It's going to be glorious. What does a six foot canvas cost? Not enough. Listen, I guarantee you I can get someone to donate that. <laughs> donate oh that my, like. Oh, my God. Lindsay, when, all right, Lindsay I don't want free. I'm I want it to tickets. be like, I want to pay a premium for this. It's me on the wall in canvas. It's got to be, it's got to cost Gary. It's going to be on canvas be or it's going to be aluminum? How about, oh, how about printing it on black velvet? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, 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 I got, I got it, too. We'll cover him, especially in between his toes and Vaseline. Well. It will be great. The shiny toes. Well, yeah, well. we're doing the Burt Reynolds thing, aren't we? Yeah. But it's, do you know the one that I'm talking about where he's on the rug, he's naked? Yeah. I yeah, know no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, that's you, it. Renee? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard to picture, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like, no, no, no. Kins, puppies, sunsets, no, ocean no. waves. <laughs> so crazy. I want to go there. God, is anyone else rock hard right now? <laughs> Oh, wow, that expression. Rob's enjoying this moment. He's just like, oh, man. <laughs> this has got out of control quickly. It, always it wasn't does. my fault this time. Yeah. No. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. It's always your fault. <laughs> Not always my fault. No crazy. <sighs> Let's everyone give one of those. Breathe deep. <sighs> <laughs> You were not expecting this, were you? Well, so here's the thing. I've been I listened to a couple of your podcasts this yeah. past weekend just to prep myself. So kind nice. of I was. All right, you knew. Yeah, yeah. a little what, bit. Do you remember which ones? Oh, um, I listen. I don't. I listened to a bunch. 
don't know. Yeah. I'll... She's lying. She doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> I listen to critiques, oh, yeah. for example. Oh, yeah. I listen to Chris's. Good. Um, I, I, okay, this is why. There was a line that was dicks, dicks, dicks. That was in Chris's <laughs> podcast, and you left it in. So I was like. Yeah, we don't edit them. We just publish them. Yeah. yeah. So my point, I was, so I was expecting it. Okay, good. Nice. Yeah. Good. All right. That's good. Well, what's next for you? Me? Um, I am doing more traveling. I get to go to some fun places this year. I've got Amsterdam and I've got New Zealand, maybe China. Um, I'm going to Zurich. So I've got a bunch of cool places to go this year. And I am, now that the book is out of my hands and like, when's it going to be released? What's the date? And where can people find it? Technically, it's released, but May 2nd is ship date. And so it's on Amazon and it's on my website and all those places. Um, So I am going to take the summer and try to think more about the future of my business and exactly what I want because I'm super happy. So I don't want to change too much. So what can I grow to me to maintain what I'm doing, but continue to grow. Right. Nice. Did you find a house by the way? Did, did you find well, I've been looking, I went uh, searching all day Thursday. I'm going to be speaking here and then I go to Texas for a week. When I get back, I've got two full days of searching planned. So cool. I am, I'm in the process. All right. Good luck. Thank are you, st- you. Are you staying in New York for us? Yeah. 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 Just let me know when you want Rob. I'll ship him right Okay. Out. I'm not even kidding. I will so take it. <laughs> Gary's not either. He is totally oh, wait, ready I have to one ship si- me aside. Right. So When I he went... comes back, my office will now be his office. Nope. We'll move him out. No, nope. My Skyblock stays mine. Oh. Yeah, it makes, it nice makes more box. sense that you're down. As as the head of post-production, you should be sitting next to post-production. Yeah. Don't don't care. And I should be up there with the marketing guys. just don't It makes more sense. It's it's irresponsible to have to walk up and down. You know how many minutes we're losing? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, I do that math though. Yeah, I know right? I do. You're with me? I do. I do. You're with me? He's like, no. And then then Boy. multiply that over years. I bought that place. I designed that place. <laughs> I had blood, sweat, and tears in that place. Uh uh-uh. uh not happening. It's a nice. Blood, fluids in that place. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, okay. I had forgotten he'd said that, and I was like, wait, 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 yeah. what? <laughs> That's where he wanted you to go. Dirty mind, Lindsay. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Listen, you've also told me other stories. Like what? I don't tell stories. You've got cameras that have recorded when you weren't there. There were chickens. Yeah. Chi- oh, yeah. So more fluid. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's chicken ch- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you'd like to learn more about chicken, watch the podcast with Chris Knight and Lindsay Adler. That's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Oh my god! So everybody knows where to find you, but where can people find you? Where do you want to steer them to go see your work? Um, if you want to see new work, it'd be my Instagram, which is Lindsay Adler underscore photo. And then if you go to lindsayadlerphotography.com, it points you to whatever else you want. If you want to events, if you want to see my blog, if you want to see portfolio, whatever, it's all there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for making time out of this busy week to stop by and hang out with us. It's always a pleasure. No problem. Very, yeah, it's great I, to see you again. You, you we guys, enjoy our time with you. You guys uh, were exactly how I expected. Right. <laughs> Insane. Awesome. All right. So to download this whole season and this episode, go to rggedupodcast.com and also make sure to subscribe on... Describe? Did I say describe? You said yeah. describe. You can dis- make sure to subscribe. describe us on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, SoundCloud... And Google. And we're leaving that in there because we don't edit these. Thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Over and out. Bye. Let's all whisper bye on three. One, two, three. Bye. I was lost. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to meet Kenny Chesney for a drink. Did you know that I keep bees? Like I'm a beekeeper. Seriously, I have a ton of bees. I probably have like seven or eight million, I don't, too many bees. I have too many bees.